Running a business isn't all glamour and success stories. You're about to hear from a real founder in the trenches. I'm here to help them find clarity, have a space to get their ideas out in the open, and figure out how they're going to move forward. Welcome to the Talk to Stefan podcast. Today I'm joined by Adrian Toby, who is founder and CEO of Groundhog. Welcome to the Founder Hot Seat. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. So can you give us a quick sort of overview of what it is that Groundhog does? Absolutely. So back in 2018, uh, I was working in a digital marketing agency, working with marketing automation, CRMM tools and WordPress and hooking them up and syncing them together, usually using tools like ActiveCampaign or Infusionsoft, HubSpot, and uh, working with hundreds of companies, building thousands of campaigns. And through that, we identified a number of inefficiencies for the digital marketing agency, setting these up for their clients. And in 2018, after doing it for three years, I'm like, there has to be a better way to do this. And it would make so much more sense if just all of that marketing automation and, and the CMR stuff would just live in WordPress where the business owner is writing their blog posts or managing their store or their community or doing whatever. If it was just all in the same place, that would just make it so much easier. And that didn't exist. The closest, there was, a, there was a few attempts at like a CRM for WordPress, but there was no attempt yet made for the marketing automation, the, the automations, the funnels, the, and the, the level of integration that people were seeking. And so we decided to build it. And uh, that's what Groundhog is. It's a full-featured CRM marketing automation tool that works as a WordPress plugin that you just install on your WordPress site. It's uh, open source. So you own all of the data that you use it. So you're not renting space like you are with uh, SaaS, CRM and marketing automation platforms. And it's also flat rate pricing. So if you, regardless of the size of your list, so if you have 10,000 people or 100 people, you pay the exact same price. So a lot of companies are, are really enjoying that because as they scale up, their bill stays the same. A lot of people really like that. Excellent. That all makes sense. So just to give us an idea of where the company is at, I know that you've got an active client base at the moment um, from the team side of things as well. How many people are sort of working on this? Is it just you? Have you got other people? Yeah, so there's there's me sort of in the development team. We have a couple of people out in India at the moment. And we'll talk a lot about the size of the team and gone up and gone down and gone up and gone down as small businesses do. And I have two people in support and sales. Okay. And in terms of the challenge that you're facing at the moment, tell me a little bit more about what's, what's been going on. Yeah, so back in 2020, a fire was lit under our butts in terms of competitors coming into the space, basically doing more or less the exact same thing that we're doing. A firm that you know has a massive team already because they built other products, so they have, they have a, a fair amount of momentum and energy and capital to put into this. And our customers were looking at them and looking at us and be like, we want in more innovation and we want faster innovation. And we'd be really focusing in on marketing and sales at the time. And I'm like, you know, okay, fine. We'll match the level of innovation and then, and then some and far exceed it in terms of what you would be able to accomplish with our products. A lofty goal we set to redesign and rebuild the entire platform in React JS because that's kind of just where WordPress as as a developer platform is heading is a lot of React JS and these kind of more beautiful and intuitive and reactive user experiences. And I'm like, we'll do that. 
we'll we design the entire UI. We'll do that, right? Can't be that hard. <laughs> and uh, hired contractors, hired employees, and 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 React JS experts and people who like that was their thing in order to make that ambition happen. And the original goal, however naively, was three months, and and here we are, almost nine months later. Several pivots. Uh, happened and several staffing changes happened and it has been quite the the adventure in project development and, and project management and at the end of it we decided to take just like a completely different approach in terms of the language and, and the tech stack and we ended up pretty much ditching react altogether and uh and building it in a different way that's still as reactive and as intuitive and as user-friendly and uh, a little bit easier to work with overall. So kind of the problem now is, uh, so the, the team that I had built for the React project uh, is gone, simply because that's, that's not what we're doing anymore. And the question becomes like, well, do I invest a ton of money in building a new dream team? Or do I just kind of like take ownership? I, I'm a developer I'm, and I built, Back in 2018, I built the product by myself, solo operator, then hired of my first employee. And he's, he's also left to go, you know, the, the, the millennial job length is three years. He was with us for that amount of time. And it's like, I'm going to go do something new, right? So he's gone. So it's kind of like in terms of development, it's just me and a, and a couple people, a couple contractors out in, out in India. And it's like, well, do I rebuild and rehire like here locally in Canada and, and kind of rebuild the team? Or do I just kind of take ownership over it and just do it myself for the time being? I don't know. Okay, that, that makes sense. I'm following along there. So just looking at the timeline then, so it's 2019, you say, when you started working on this? The new improved Groundhog 3.0 is what we, what, what we canonized it. So Groundhog 3.0 started in, I think... Uh, September of last year. Ah, so 2020. 2020, yeah. Okay. So 2020, September. Maybe even earlier. You start this. Okay. Uh, So this is 3.0. That's when that's happening. You say it should have taken, ideally, sort of three months, but nine months on. It's still ongoing. Where would you say that you are right now? Is it close to completion? Or is it sort of still ongoing? So spent... A humongous amount, well, at least humongous to me, <laughs> amount of amount of money, just under a hundred thousand dollars in R and D for for three point and then in March, April, April of this year, I kind of put the lid on that, and I'm like, I'm not investing any more money in this track in this direction of 3.0 because it was still maybe another six or eight months away and another hundred thousand dollars probably then i just wasn't willing to invest in or continue to sink money into that without seeing like i like instant gratification as much as the next person (laughs) right and it's just it's just taking too long so while my team was picking away at, at 3.0 in this, this language, I started doing experiments 
and just developing some stuff with just good old fashioned JavaScript and, and jQuery and and stuff. And uh, I had something that was like 90% of the way there in 48 hours, just doing it myself. And I'm like, well, this there's there's no reason to continue to to do or to invest in this when we can get 90% of the way there. It's just good old fashioned, you know, brute force dev work and a little bit of ingenuity. So can put the lid on 3.0. I'm like, we're not we're not working on this anymore. I transferred the existing dev team to this new direction of development 3.0 and probably I think we're two months maybe 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 a little bit more maybe three months from that point and it looks really good like in terms of like percentage of the way to production release probably going to be there in September uh, and we're 90% of the way there kind of it's kind of just all that's left is finishing touches getting the the translations and the localizations done a few accessibility tweaks and like we're there and that instead of you know, like then and that was the original three months that i had dreamed right and like that's you know that's what it should have been in the first place and uh and i was the the primary force as a developer i was the primary force between for getting it to that stage so that's where we are now very close finally yeah it sounds like you're getting there. So just to understand this timeline, so eight, around April or so, that's when you decided it was time for no more money into 3.0. You shift the dev team over because you've been working on this at your own version. And were you saying that 48 hours, you were able to get the bulk of what they were doing done? Uh, I was maybe not the bulk, but certainly like the proof of concept. Okay. Like... You can drag things, you can sort them. When you click this button, this thing works. It might, it's not exactly beautiful, but it's certainly a lot further along in 48 hours than the previous nine months of all of that work. Wow, so that's quite a significant difference, the nine months versus the 48 hours. Yeah, you can imagine, you know, I'm like thinking to myself, oh my god, have we just done this originally? Then could have saved myself a lot of heartache and a lot of money so you've got a lot of this done in that period of time even if it's just to prove the concept you've then got a few months now to make it into the final product and you're already through that you've got your dev team here in india working on this alongside you so it's you and them and then you've got your sort of support and sales people as well so tell me a little bit more about the specific challenge that you've got what what are your what are you thinking here what's What's the issue with carrying on as you are? I uh, see my my fellow WordPress business peers on Twitter and on Facebook and the Slack channels, and they have these you know large teams of ten, fifteen developers, and you know it's kind of just like I you know FOMO, right? As as a as a business owner, you know the 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 eventual goal is you know you you show up to the office twice a month, give your direction. And then, you know, the vision is realized by, by your, your staff or your team or, or whoever. And uh, currently, the only person who's able to actualize the, my vision is, is me, really, setting out the step-by-step the -step direction. And that's fine. 
you know, but after, you know, we've been, we've been around for three years. Uh, my, my hope was that there'd be a little bit more assistance on, on call, for example. Right. But having that team stick around is incredibly, incredibly difficult. And I know if I went and talked to my peers, right. And with their, with their large teams, they probably say, Hey, listen, it doesn't get any better, but still. <laughs> right. So I let one of the developers go just because his productivity in the new direction is just not, not adequate for the salary that we were paying him, which is not any fault of his own. He was hired for a specific function to develop in React, not using React anymore. So uh, his, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't adapt and that's, you know, that's not on him. So, but we, we ended up letting him go because there's no, you know, you don't want to sink any more money into that hole. And then another one who was working well just had life happen. And, you know, life happens and got to reevaluate, you know, where you want to focus your time. So, and he ended up leaving just to go deal with house and life and whatnot. And then I had an employee who was with us for almost three years. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, that's kind of like the lifespan of a, of a, of a millennial employee. And uh, he up left to just go pursue new opportunities and whatever and power to him and, and we left he left on, on on excellent terms so and we just ha- haven't had the moment to replace any of them yet so was that two sorry or three of them so there's th- there were there were three there were three okay and you say you've not had chance to replace them i'm interested to know when they were working with you what was life like then did you achieve that sort of idea of give them direction and they understood your vision and could work on it or what was it like? Yeah, I know, or I've witnessed what micromanaging looks like. And I decided that that wasn't the style of leadership that I wanted to convey. So I gave everybody a very long leash in terms of, you know, how they wanted to solve a problem and the, uh, the steps of what they wanted. I fear that it may have been too long of a leash <laughs> uh, in, some, in some cases. What, what makes you say that? It's a balance between, you know, setting expectations of productivity and allowing for the time for good results, right? So there, there's a balance there because, you know, you, it's like contractors say when they, they get renovation projects. You know, you can do it quickly, cheaply. Or, or good, yeah, you can only have two of those things at any time, right? And uh, so it's kind of like that, you know, if, you, if you, you can't get it done quickly, but have it done well, right? You can have it done quickly, but very expensively, right? You can't have it done very, very quickly, very, very cheaply, and very, very good. You can't, that, that doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. So there's the balance of, all right, well, I give this person a super long leash. I give them like two weeks to, to get to this point, right? And then you check in with them. Did they get there? No, why not? And then try to like, but it takes months to sort of get into that rhythm. But, you know, React developers are quite expensive. So that month, those months of learning time add up, and then at, you know you 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 start to get in that rhythm, and then all of a sudden, you know you realize that the direction that you've you've set them on, and you know this comes back to you know our the project management and project direction, and kind of 
telling the future of what's going to happen when you get there. And then you get there and you realize this isn't going to work out. And then so you spent all this time building this rhythm to, to approach this end goal. And then the end goal becomes unrealistic. And then you have to switch them direction. And then you have to basically re-go through that whole establishing rhythm process. At least that was my experience. I'm sure that this is, this is an, probably an exception rather than the rule, but that's, that's certainly what happened. And uh, you know, those learning experiences are are costly. So that's kind of how we worked for that nine months. I would I would kind of like set this end goal. All right, I want this editor. You know, I I I paid for a top notch UX guy who like did software development for Neil Patel, right? And like just, you know, best of the best off top towel. And uh, that's not a plug. I'm not affiliated with that guy. <laughs> But yeah, I got him off of uh, got him off of the agency, and he came and he redesigned the whole thing, and it looked really, really good. And I'm like, here's the end product, right? Here's how it works. This drags here. This click this. This pops up, right? It's like you know, get her done, right? And I said, listen, you know, as long as it as long as it gets done, here are some of the APIs. Here are some of the tools that you have at your disposal. As long as it gets done, right, and it's good, right? I don't really, I'm not super picky on how you get there. Right, that's kind of the stipulation that I made. Gave them lots of room to do their thing. Problem is with like hardcore developers, you give them lots of room to do their thing, then they also use all of it. <laughs> and uh, I learned that. You know, I'm also running the company. I need to be the project manager, right? And I think that's why in larger organizations that the project manager is so important. As and I used to think that project managers weren't necessarily a necessary thing. I have since learned that that is totally incorrect, and there's a reason that that role exists on a team to so keep everybody focused on on where they're supposed to be going and setting the benchmarks and and keeping people responsible for their timelines. And it is a you know it's not an easy job either. It's not like you just check in with everybody once a day. No, it's not not anything like that. You have to be also kind of be able to predict the future and see where people are going to end up and then be able to say, all right, that direction is no longer, or, or that direction isn't going to pay out. We're going to switch you to this direction before you've already invested and dumped tons of money into it. So you were project managing whilst they were working on this. If we were to look at sort of your performance say, as a project manager, say, let's take a scale of zero to 10. I would have fired me. 10 being the best. <laughs> What what number would you have given yourself? I mean, you've said you defied yourself. That gives us a good sign. But what what number would you have given yourself? Uh, maybe a five. Okay. It's not that results didn't happen. Like we got uh, a pretty cool reporting dashboard. It was ugly, but it worked. We got the sort of the email editor thing going, and then we were working on our kind of big like the automation, the funnel builder, right? Kind of like the thing that everybody buys our software for. But that was pretty stagnant in terms of movement and usability. And it never really got to the point where I was like, wow, this is really showing promise. It was always like, really, this is, this is all we've got so far, right? That, that's not a hundred thousand dollars, right? That's like, you know, that's what? <laughs> so what you saw didn't match what you're expecting. It's, 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 no, my expectations were totally unmatched. And I, I think that's also, you know, not any fault of, their own it all comes to down to you know having realistic expectations up front 
which mine were maybe an un, a little bit unrealistic, and I totally accept that and take responsibility for that. And also being able to keep people on the path. And again, we did switch directions like four, three, four times in terms of what it was going to look like, how we were going to build it, etc. Right? Like we wanted to do kind of like a, the directed graph style where you got a node and then it's got branches and you got more nodes, got more branches, right? And and displayed in that kind of format. And like, no, we're going to do it like we're doing it now, which is just like this nice straight line that's pretty readable and, you know, very, very straightforward. Uh, and so we had that, you know, back and forth a couple times <laughs> before. I was like, we're just going to do it like we've always been doing it because, you know, it works. So lots of change, lots of, lots of different di- directions. <sighs> yeah. Lessons learned. <laughs> Definitely so. If we bring it back to today, today you're, you're here with this decision as to whether you carry on as you are with the support of your dev team in India, or the question is, do you hire locally? Is, is that right? Is that the kind of options that you've got? Yeah, so the, dev, the, the people uh, in India are, are for the, the basic, the grunt work stuff, right? Localization, translation, internationalization, copy and pasting and reformatting like our, our extensions and sort of I've been taking responsibility of the the big the big stuff, like the act of the core features, the functionality, the 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 APIs and the libraries that have to be designed and built. Like I've been taking over that responsibility. Ba- basically anything that requires, you know, three degrees of thought, <laughs> that's that's what I've been doing. But I don't want to have to do all of that all the time all myself, right? I want to be able to to delegate that to somebody and have them do a good job and have them build it pretty much the same way or better than I would do it and then have them realize that vision and be able to develop the the benchmarks and the criteria and have that sort of like three month out vision of of what it could look like and what it should look like. The problem is that if you find that person. There's not a hundred thousand dollars or two, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Or they're already in business for themselves and they're already quite successful. Okay. So do you think it's purely a cost thing and availability of them? Is that the biggest limiting factor here? I think it is a limiting factor and a very, a very real limiting factor. I don't know if it's the biggest one. Having that person all in one would be great, but in reality, I think it comes down to what I was saying. There's, there's, there's multiple roles. You have that, that project manager and you have, it's called um, VP product, right? You have your VP product. That's the person who decides what the product should be, what it should do and what challenges it will solve. And then that gets put to the designer who decides how it's going to look and how are people going to use it. And then that gets disseminated to the project manager. The project manager is going to decide, okay, well, here's how we're going to develop this thing and put it into practice. And then that gets put off to the developer. And the developer has these very clear instructions from four different people up to the, or three different people up to this point, right? And that's very clear instructions. So they have all of the information that they need to make decisions on how to build that. Now, I am CEO, VP product, designer to an extent. We hired a UX person, but in terms of like everything else, that comes down to me and project manager. So it's just me, and I'm also doing all of the, the marketing and, and whatnot. 
and running the business and finances and whatnot. Whereas you would have like these three different people above that who are making themselves available to the development team to be able to guide them. I have significantly less bandwidth to to offer any sort of handholding during that process. So I basically said, here's what it should look like. Here's what my here's what my expectations are. Go. And I don't think that was a sufficient level of direction or parameters as we developers would call it to to come to a successful outcome efficiently on budget in the time frame. Okay. So the problem is you have these three people Right. And I'm like those those three people, but I am running the business. And if anybody else has like those three people within their own self, they're kind of doing what I'm doing. Right. And they're looking for those people. And and so if one does become available, they can command a, a fairly high price because they could just be doing it themselves or they're already, you know, working for Liquid Web or something. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like you've got, you know, the typical role of a founder, you've got your founder hat on, and that means that you're doing many different things. Because you've got the skill set of being a developer, you are able to write code yourself and develop yourself. So over, say, the next six months, what do you see this looking like? Do you think it's going to be a range of other people that you're going to be hiring and joining you? Do you think you're going to continue as you are? Do you think you're going to use an agency, say? What, what do you think the next six months looks like? You know, I don't that, and that's kind of like why I'm here. It's like, well, I'm I'm talking through this and trying to think about what is the best direction. And frankly, I'm 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 I remain open as to as to the direction that I want to go down for the for the immediate future for like the next two three weeks, right up to a month probably. I'll just be going as I am. So I have me. I have my 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 help out out overseas. Uh, I have my my support and sales team, Mike and Jesse, and they're great. And uh, to to help with sort of like the day to day operational stuff. And I'm happy. I've been so what I've been doing right now is relatively unhealthy. Pulling like work eight to six, have dinner, hang out with uh, with my partner, and uh, then work ten to two a.m. <laughs> wow. Right. Wow. Uh, and that's, I've been doing that for probably once every other day for like the last few weeks, just to kind of get stuff out the door, bang it out, get it done. How are you feeling with that sort of pattern? Uh, you know what? I don't want it to last forever. <laughs> okay. Okay. I do not want it to last uh, forever. It's certainly not an ideal situation, you know, ideally. Okay. But, you know, I've always been the kind of person like, you know, the work's got to get done, right? You got to, you got to put in the hours, you got to put in the sweat equity. Like it's my company. No one else is going to do it. Sure. So it's a short-term sacrifice. Short-term sacrifice, long-term gain kind of thing. And uh, I'm cool with that, right? I know it's not forever, mm. but I think that at least for the immediate future, just continue on getting, getting the work done. I've considered working, working with agencies. It's just, you know. When, when you work with an agency, and I used to be a digital marketing agency, not never a development agency. It used to be a digital marketing agency, but you know, tomato tomato, the outcome. You know, there's you you give a you give an agency a project, and then they reach a desired outcome. Same thing. Yeah. You know, one's development, one's one's for sales and marketing, right? And as an agency, 
you know, when, when we took projects, we'd basically demand free reign in terms of how we wanted to get to a desired outcome. As long as the desired outcome was reached, we get paid. But I don't think that I would be able to give that level of control or, or, or decision-making power, you know, because I expect things to be done in a certain way using the, the core things that have already been built into the product, right? Like working with an agency, I think would make sense if you were starting from scratch. And uh, none, none, none of the decisions have been made yet. So you could make kind of like these decisions on how certain things are done, but we already have ways that certain things are done. And that just doesn't fit or gel well with, you know, because an agency will have these team members who do things in certain ways, who have these preconceived notions of, of, of what the results should look like and how they should operate and how you should get to those results. And I just don't think that would, that would merge well. We'd spend more money. Again, it would be like, all right, well, now we have to spend money with this agency for three months, getting everybody up to speed, and only then can we start work. And it's like, oh my God, like if that's, you know, if I have to do that every time, it's like, ugh. So they wouldn't slot into your kind of ways of working, the style in which you're, you're building at the moment. So it sounds like they're sort of out of the equation. Yeah, so I'd, I'd much rather, you know, find one, one or two people, because that's really all I need, right? So we have a fairly, sophisticated and, and robust product, but really two or three people is all we need in order to, to push out features and innovate and, uh, and maintenance and squash bugs. That's really, really all we need. We certainly don't need like a, a, a massive dev team, like 15 people. I think that would, that'd be overkill for us. And we'd have a lot of people twiddling their thumbs. Two or three people who just, you know, get it. <laughs> that's the thing like i just want to find someone who just gets it i'm sure everybody struggles struggles with this what would it take do you think for you to find these people that get it what what would that involve cha-ching <laughs> right i think i think good old money yeah i think uh i think that what it comes down to and and you know marketing i was speaking to a uh recruitment someone who one of our clients runs a recruitment agency in Australia, and uh, he was telling me that everything, including recruitment, is is just marketing. At the end of the day, it's like, why are you the best person to work for? Why why should they invest their time in you? It's it's not right. The over the last three years, I've put out seven or eight different job listings for different developer roles, and uh, I get. Dozens upon dozens and dozens of resumes, right? But they're mediocre or subpar at best. There's just there's a lot of a lot of fluff, and you know finding that diamond in the rough really requires like almost a full scale marketing campaign to attract these people because there's so many amazing organizations, much larger than my own. Also, advertising for you know their top-notch developer spots that are paying high six figures with benefits and and all that stuff. And I'm a small business, right? I can only afford so much, right? For example, for the entire time that we were paying my my React team, I was the least paid person in the organization. <laughs> Commonly, is in the early days, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I uh, so I paid myself less than I paid anybody else. Yeah, significantly. I'm the founder. I'm okay with that. There's I get other benefits and equity, right? So whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, you know the the I I had calls with these very self aware and and quality developers and i'm like all right well you know what's your what's your expectation in terms of salary Hundred fifty thousand with benefits us i'm a canadian company right that's like 1.3 on the dollar (laughs) (laughs) right and i'm like oh my goodness right because i hired my first developer we paid him 52 a canadian and he came to the office and i could see what he was working on Right, and I, I, could, I had like a a much higher level of, uh, of of trust, and he was he was great. And it's like, all right, well now now you're asking me to to shell out this this exorbitant level of uh, I don't exorbitant to me again. You know, everything is relative. Sure, sure. Exorbitant to me, and uh, you know, I'm 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 down here making less than half that. <laughs> Or at least pulling that out of the, I pay myself a salary, pulling that over the organization. I'm just like, oh my God, is this what it takes? So, uh, yeah, doesn't seem to be any easy answer, right? So I think, I think at the end of the day, at least for, at least for the, the future, we're a small business. We don't require like legions of developers to make a good product and to help our customers, fortunately. I've always run a super lean team. I mean, we're super lean now, but I've always run a a, a lean team. So I think maybe a a couple of uh, developers in that kind of like fifty to sixty k range, just to kind of deal with the bugs and deal with uh, the the grunt stuff, and uh, and also you know who has the level of awareness and skill to be able to enact on clear vision, right? coming down from from me i think continuing to operate in that way for the foreseeable future will will yield results that has yielded results for the last 3 years eventually we'll ha- we'll have to start investing more into the hierarchy sure burnout organization putting project management in between me and the developers and eventually putting vp product in between me and the project manager Right. I think I think that will have to happen eventually if we want to stop being sort of like dark horse company and we wanna we wanna move and graduate to boring corporate. <laughs> right? Excellent. And we wanna be that and, and we wanna be sellable, right? And and that's also part of the equation is I don't want to be the owner, the de facto owner of this company forever, right? I have I have other interests and things that I want to do in this lifetime. And in order to sell the organization, there also has to be that. Well, there doesn't have to be, but it would certainly help if that structure existed where you just feed in information and then it, and then it gets enacted on without having to constantly check in and nudge shoulders and be like, hey, what are you looking at? People's shoulders at their desk and be like, are you working on something? Right, so I think that'll have to happen eventually, but maybe maybe not this year, maybe next year. Okay, excellent. I think there are so many directions that we could go with this, but I think summarizing what we've discussed today, so 
you know, it's sort of September 2020, you're telling me that you're working on this new direction with the company version of 3.0 of Groundhog. You're there with your uh, team of you, your three developers, and then also your two um, sales and support people. And we spent 15K on, we, we hired, a, I, I brought in a, a contractor, an agency at the beginning, just to train everyone and to get, get the project going. We spent 15K for five weeks just to get it off the ground. Right. So we had, at the beginning, there was four, including him, and, and then five, including myself. Right, okay. And then as time's gone on, you went into this new sort of version, and what originally started out as a three-month project became more of a nine-month project. You then decided to look at your own sort of version, and you saw that you were able to put a framework there that sort of was the outline of what you're trying to build pretty quickly. And that's when you said to the team, look, we need to head in a different direction. That meant that it's now you and uh, your sort of international dev team that are working on this, hoping to get it live by September. And you really want to get to a point where you can give direction to the team and they sort of realize the vision. They're able to build on it and you've given a long leash to the team before and you were that's sort of too long and they lacked almost a little bit of direction there. And, you know, as you say, it takes months for the team to find the rhythm and that obviously costs a lot. So now you're saying it looks like the next month is about you just carrying on as you are, working through that and then considering two to three people to hire at a sort of reduced rate but making it competitive um, and getting them on board to sort of flesh out the product. Do you think that's an accurate summary of today's discussion? That is an accurate summary. I think so. And if there's any lesson in this for anybody who's, who's listening to this, this was a learning experience, a, cost, a costly one. And going back to nine, 10 months ago, back in, in 2020, when I originally said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to one-up, right? That's what we're going to do. We're going to one-up everybody. And we're gonna make like this like this crazy awesome experience, and we're gonna do it in this new language, and and maybe this was just my lack of own my my or or maybe just not being aware enough to understand that the developer technologies and stuff that we had already was sufficient to get us to or or sufficient for our customers to appreciate the level of innovation. Right, it, it wasn't necessary to go and invest thousands upon thousands of dollars in in new technology and and rebuilding from the ground up. That was not necessary. I didn't understand that at the time, and I think it's important for for anyone who's about to do this, right? Who's about to like look at their product and say, you know what, this needs a refresh, right? Or this needs to be done differently, right? Critically think. <laughs> about whether or not the, the the tools that you already have at your disposal that you can hire inexpensively for, who you can build a team inexpensively who because, you know, there's technology that's been around forever that is, you know, not lost on anybody that doesn't require significant investment in education and, and whatnot. If it can be at least even like 80% of the way there, just do it that way. Because at the end of the day, the customer, as long as the customer is able to get what they want done easily, effectively, good enough, right? That's kind of like the approach at where we're at now. It's just, we're 90, I think 95, at least, percent of the way there between what we've been able to accomplish with 
good old-fashioned DevTools versus React. And that is to the customer, they're not they're not gonna notice, right? They don't they don't care. It's a focus on the outcome, not the tools. I think that's a uh, yeah, great lesson there. So where can people find you online if they want to learn more about either you or Groundhog? Yeah, so uh, you can follow my own personal journey and, and uh, a lot of the shows that I do and interviews that I do on com. When this one goes live, I'll, I'll link to it from there as well. So all of my previous shows and kind of my journey on com to find out more about our software. And if you're using WordPress and you're in need of, uh, of a superior CRM marketing automation solution, uh, you can find that at groundhog with two G's dot I-O. That's G-R-O-U-N-D-H-O-G-G dot I-O. Excellent. Thanks so much for joining me on the Founder Hot Seat. Goodbye. Thank you. This was a, this was a great time. There you have it. Thanks for listening. You'll find me at talkstefan.com or at talkstefan on Twitter. Drop me a message if you're interested in either being a guest on the podcast or working together. Take care for now.